Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety with an emphasis on healthy and robust safety cultures in aviation and transportation organizations. Since 2004, Baldwin has partnered with transportation providers to help pilots, safety managers, frontline teams, and others to integrate, document, and build positive safety cultures and organizations. Each podcast episode will focus on an element of safety that can help you in your workplace, whether it's a cockpit, vehicle, or hangar. Let's get started with this week's safety chat. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Baldwin Safety Chat Pod. I love to call it the pod. The pod, it makes it sound like what we used to do with safety chat, but something that you could just like put in your pocket and take with you. So really excited, really excited to be here with you. The Safety Chat Podcast, again, we're going to cover some very uh, pertinent topics that I think in safety management system, but it's a less, it's a less structured format, which I guess allows me to interject my opinion a little bit more i'm not going off slides maybe that's a good thing maybe that's a bad thing but uh, i don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes but really excited to be doing this with you hopefully you are listening and joining me virtually in a sense but today's topic i'd like to talk a little bit about something that can get under your skin and i guess maybe that's kind of a weird way to start with it but has anybody or has even media used a phrase that has really gotten under your skin. I know maybe about a decade ago, it was it was the term boots on the ground. I know that really bugged a lot of people. Uh, it was overused and it was uh, just, just one of those phrases that just drives you nuts. Well, I happen to have a phrase or actually a term that drives me nuts and it is the four pillars, the four pillars of SMS. Why am I talking about that starting that off? I don't know. I needed a good topic, and that was one that really struck me. The four pillars. This is really a pet peeve to me in terms of calling the what are actually the four components of safety management system, calling them the four pillars. And still hear that today. And not saying that's a bad thing, not saying that you can't call it that. It's just something that that kind of rubs me wrong. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. And I talked about this in, in many of the the classes I did on the uh, on safety management systems, but when when I think of a pillar, when I look at a pillar, it reminds me of a silo. It reminds me of something that's hardened, that is fixed, and that is not fluid and not movable. And so that's what I think of when I think of a pillar. So when we talk about the four pillars, as I know the FAA refers to it and the industry has referred to it. Obviously, we're talking about safety policy and objectives, safety risk management, safety assurance, and safety promotion. Calling them pillars makes it seem like they are containers for the associated elements that are part of those pillars. And it makes it seem like it's a very rigid and firm structure. But I'm here to tell you that it's not. That this this this, I guess, four components and 12 elements is less a structure and more a framework. And I know the difference in that is is pretty minute and minuscule, but it's more of a framework. It's more of an idea, a way of you, a way for you to look at safety, a way for you to view safety management and see the functionality within safety management, rather than looking at it like these are these are hardened items that need to be absolutely categorized and satisfied 
within the safety management system. So one word I do want to bring up that's very important understanding how the components and elements relate is interdependency. So that word is interdependency, meaning that each element within the component, so I'm going to scratch calling it pillars because I told you it gets under my skin even worse when I say it, but in the four components, there are the associated elements. So I think in the first component, safety policy and objective, you have five elements in safety risk management. You have two, two elements, safety assurance. You know, you have what, another three, four, I think it's three, and then safety uh, promotion, you have two. And so they should add up to 12. I don't have it right in front of me, so forgive me if I, if I got the numbers. I was taking them off the hip. But the point being is that each of these elements are not necessarily a separate and distinct thing. They are interdependent, um, meaning that each one may have a function. It has its own function. It, it, it contributes to the management of safety altogether, but each element relies on the other elements in order to do its job. And that's what we see in truly in a system because it is a safety management system. So it, it, it's kind of like saying, I'm going to go back to the components again. It's kind of like saying like in a hydraulic system, you know, you can't say you have the four pillars of, of hydraulic pumping, hydraulic transportation, hydraulic measurement. I mean, it just, it just kind of weird. It, it seems weird, but it's more of a fact that you have these components within the system that all rely on each other to satisfy the aim of that system, which in the hydraulic system you know is to, well, in the aircraft at least, it's, it's to move a flight controller or actuate, a, actuate landing gear, whatever it might be. But in safety management systems, it's the same. You have these 12 elements working together. They're interdependent in the fact that they work together in order to satisfy the aim of the safety management system. So one doesn't stand out necessarily distinct and containerized, but rather kind of blends into the other elements. So for example, uh, let's take let's take everybody's favorite example, safety performance indicators and targets and safety objectives. So as you will see that safety performance indicators as part of safety performance monitoring measurement are meant to support safety objectives as well as monitor the functionality of risk controls. So here, here you have your safety policy or you have your objectives, which is under safety policy objectives being measured by performance monitoring measurement, which is actually under the component of safety assurance. And then you also need to display these measurements for all of your employees to see, which is part of safety promotion. So you, it, it's, it, it's, it gets more fuzzy, I guess, when you put them all together like that to say, okay, this is, this is safety assurance, this pillar in action, this is safety policy and objectives pillar in action. No, that just doesn't make sense. So we have to see the interdependency of these components. They're just guides to help, to help support what you'll be doing every day in safety management. So now where does this really come into play? And one, it's the way, it's the, the perception of safety management. Again, when we look at it as pillars, we're seeing that these have to be distinct things, and then we tend to silo them, and then we don't get the connection between them. We don't understand that it's one fluid path that cuts through all the components to see that so that we can meet the aim of the safety management system. The other part, too, and more pragmatically speaking, are in the safety management manuals. Now, I've seen a lot of safety management manuals, and they are grouped according to 
the four component 12 element model, which kind of actually plays into this idea of pillars of distinct separate sections with absolutely no interconnection between any of the other elements and components or the components and elements of the safety management system. And that becomes problematic because then when, when you're reading about safety management, it actually turns more into a, an academic read rather than a pragmatic or functional read. So when you have your when you have your um, safety management manual structured after the four components and twelve elements, you'll probably have a chapter on safety policy objectives. Then you'll go right down the list, and you'll have you know management commitment, and you'll have documented ERP, whatever those those elements are. You'll have those all as subsections, and then you get into safety risk management. You'll have hazard identification. You'll have a nice academic read about hazard identification. And then you have another nice academic read about uh, risk assessment and mitigation. And it, it doesn't it doesn't actually give the big picture in terms of what you are doing in terms of what you're doing in everyday work and trying to manage safety for your organization. And that's really what you want your manual to do. You don't want your manual to basically be a copy of, um, for example, Advisory Circle 120-92C, I think is about to come out, or of, of the ICAO Safety Management Manual, Document 9859 in its fourth edition. You, you don't necessarily want it to be a read like that because it's just all academic. It doesn't really talk about what is happening, what is going. And it goes back to that fact that we're trying to group everything into these buckets when, like I said, in actuality, these elements are very interdependent. They all work together in any given job or task that you're going to do in safety management. If you are thinking about upping your safety training, or maybe you are in need of CAM credits for aviation manager certification, you should think Baldwin. Visit baldwinvirtualtraining.com to learn more. Now, back to Safety Chats with Jason Stark. So a good way, a good way to look at that, especially when constructing your manual, when we want to keep interdependency in mind, is maybe structure your manual by the jobs you're going to do or the things you're going to do in terms of a safety manager. So um, one example that comes to mind uh, right off the top of my head is actually the, the notion of hazard identification. Hazard identification is a big thing. You want to have people finding hazards and reporting hazards and also you obtaining hazards within your organization. Well, as you know, hazard identification can be done through reporting, it can be done through auditing, it can be done through case studies. But the point is that you're writing these, that you're writing these as a function you want to perform rather than having a separate chapter. Okay, this is hazard identification, this is what we this is what hazard identification is, with absolutely no mention of what you do because you've kind of tied your hands because you've really hard-coded that manual again to the four components and 12 elements. So when it comes to, for example, hazard identification, um, and, and you might want to throw in their risk assessment, you'll talk about, you, you identify the hazard, you, you, uh, you assess the consequences associated with the hazard, you risk assess those consequences, you mitigate if needed, um, and then you put the mitigation, if it's a mitigation, if it's policy or hard mitigation, you're gonna to have to train it, which is under safety promotion, but that will be under hazard identification because you're still telling the whole story. You're not going to say, okay, we, we, we uh, mitigate the hazard. Let's say it's a training mitigation. We mitigate the hazard, and then 
stop there because that's the end of your hazard identification and risk assessment section. And then further down in the manual and safety promotion say some of the things we talk about when we promote safety are new controls, whatever in the set. It's very disjointed. You didn't actually show the whole flow of the process, which can be very confusing and can be disrupting within your organization. So you kind of want to show this flow. So again, it's good to get a, a sense of guidance in terms of your manual. It's good to get it so that it talks more about what you're doing rather than some academic what it is, if that makes sense, if that makes sense. And I know I'm going on a rant here, but but that's okay because it's a podcast. That's what we're supposed to do, right? But um, anyway, a good resource, a good, really, really good resource, and you're going to have to search for this, but it's out there and it's free, is ICAO Document 9859. ICAO Document 9859, 3rd edition to be specific. And you're thinking, oh no, now we're going old school because everything's 4th edition, we're all new. And no, that's not true. And and one of the things that was kind of troublesome about going to the 4th edition, and I had the honor of working with the Safety Management Panel at ICAO in developing the 4th edition, but some of that really good guidance material that was in ICAO 3rd edition was, was, was lost. It wasn't transferred forward. And one specific section, I think it's an appendix to chapter 7. Again, I don't have it right in front of me, but you can look it up. But when we look at safety management systems, it's safety management system for operators in, in the uh, ICAO 9859 3rd edition. When you, look at, when you look at establishing or implementing an SMS, there's an appendix to that chapter that talks about your safety management manual. And it gives a, it gives a suggested... It gives a suggested framework or a suggested, I guess, structure for your manual. And that structure is excellent because it is not structured around the four components and 12 elements. You don't see like chapter one, safety policy objectives, chapter two, safety risk management, and so on. You actually see a structure that talks about the things that need to be done in safety management. So, for example, like a chapter alone on safety training because that is important. Now, normally we'd see safety training buried under a chapter called safety promotion, but safety training is actually its own thing. And safety training does have other components or or pieces of other components, for lack of a better term, instead of pieces of components, that doesn't really make sense, but it it has characteristics or attributes of other components that play into safety training. But that's the point. We're not we're not trying to fit what we do into this into this kind of jigsaw puzzle called four components, twelve elements, or as FA says again, get under my skin, four pillars. But what we're doing is we're saying we're saying this is what we do, and this is the four components and twelve elements at work in what we do, if that makes sense. So I encourage you to take a look. To go into New Year's resolutions, since uh, well, I'm not sure when they're going to release this, but since it, it hopefully it is right after New Year's, but let's make a New Year's resolution. Even if this is in June, you can have New Year's resolutions because we're adults, we can do whatever we want, right? So, a New Year's resolution for you is to take a look at your manual and say, does it make sense? Does it make sense? Does this really talk about what we do, or are we just trying to silo the elements of the components? Because that's how we think of it. We think of it as pillars. But actually, are we really honoring the interdependency of these components? I like that term. Are we honoring the interdependencies of these components? And are we actually writing what we're doing 
in terms of safety management as a one singular flow from cradle to grave. And I think that's really important. And at the very least, as a result of this podcast, if you if you could just scratch your head about it and think, hmm, what does that interdependency really look like? What does it mean that you have a function and all the components and elements are playing into it? Then that, that would be a win because that, that is so incredibly important. Because a lot of times, and that's where I think a lot of the, a lot of the scaling issues come into play a lot of the scaling challenges when we have these small flight departments say no this this you know these four components 12 elements this is for the big airlines and what we're missing the fact is is that we're all doing the same things to reduce risk in our operations whether we're a whether we're a one person flight department or we're a 100 person flight department we're all doing the same things we're, we're, we're trying to get out there find out the things that can hurt us, mitigate that, and then determine is the mitigation working, and then have the training so that we know we know how to do this. And, the, and there's other things associated with that, but we're all doing that. We are all doing that. Large organizations to a more in-depth, probably, or more complicated scale than the smaller operators. But the point is, is a small operator, as an example, if a small operator after a flight, just sits down, even writes on the back of a napkin, say, you know, these are the things that kind of did not go well, takes a moment, assesses it, and says, you know what, I need to do something about it, because that's my policy, I want to do something to make myself better. They do that, and then once they do that, they put it into their new SOPs, or whatever it may be, in order to reduce whatever the issue was, and then they train themselves on the new procedure. They talk, and that could just be simply saying, okay, this is what we're going to do next time. And then they, they maybe write it up and make it formalized. Like I said, you've pretty much covered quite a handful of the elements in safety management right there in a very simplistic procedure. In a very simplistic process, I guess, would be the word I would want to say. So these things need to be kept in mind. So it's that notion, again of getting out of the, 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 the headspace of four pillars and these, these hardened pillars that don't talk to each other, but more look at it truly as a system that has these major components. And in the major components, they have these elements that kind of do the work. And these, these are meant to support what it is that you are going to do in everyday operations. So having said that, hopefully I didn't confuse you more. Um, but hope you had a, a you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a learning experience there. That's what I'm hoping for. Go check out IKO 9859 Third Edition. Go look for that appendix. It is free. You can go on Skybrary and grab it. Um, but go check it out. Take a look at what you're doing now. See if it makes sense. See if it makes sense. And see if you need to actually write it or rewrite it. And nobody wants to rewrite their manuals. I know that. But um, see if you can just start structuring your manual so that it makes sense to you in what you're doing rather than making sense and being true to a, a, hardened, a hardened structure or hardened framework. So with that, um, I want to say thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we have more of these coming. So I'd love your feedback. Uh, like anything, continuous improvement. We'll get better as we go on. Uh, as we talk about other things. But again, thank you for joining and stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. 
Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.